0: Great is our lord god great is our He calls each one of them by name. In the vastness of the sky, He covers the sky with clouds. He prepares and provides rain for the whole earth. Jerusalem make straight away for the lord extol the lord and bless his holy name his holy name come before him with thanksgiving and praise his holy name in the vastness of the sky he covers the sky with clouds he prepares and provides rain for the whole earth in the vastness of the sky he covers the sky with clouds he prepares and provides rain for the whole earth Jerusalem make straight way for the lord extol the lord and bless his holy name Let's continue our worship with our next song, The True Worshipper. to walk. See Amen oh, how- Tim for Oh, how amazing
1: come together just with our eyes closed and can we just sing the line oh how amazing oh how beautiful the indescribable love of my lord oh great and mighty is the love of my lord and i will praise him forever can we just worship him in spirit and truth and while we worship together i want to encourage you to pray and to prepare yourself and that we may prepare our hearts for true worship before the Lord. Let's sing together. Oh, how amazing. Oh, how beautiful.
0: Oh, how amazing. Oh, how beautiful. The indescribable love of Bye.
1: Time has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Lord, we come before you with filthy hands and with a heart that is full of the self. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. So that, God, you may take full control over our lives. Lord, forgive us of our sins and our rebellious ways. Lord, help us not to grow in our pride. But with humility, Lord, may we always surrender and go on our knees and seek your face each and every single day. Lord, whatever happened this week, we lay them down at your feet, Lord. For today is your day of worship. And we worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we declare today Lord, that we are true worshipers and we will seek you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I pray, God, through today's message, to not you, and may that. I pray, Lord God, that we will learn the lesson of what it means to not be contempt or take your presence for granted. May we with the fear of the Lord with reverence, worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, as you transition to the message, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who are listening here today, Lord, may it be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O oh God. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son. Just God send me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. amen. And amen. Amen. All right. God bless you, everyone. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord. Let's take a moment to greet our fellow neighbor at the time, at this time before we begin. And let's begin with today's title. The title of today's message is called, Are You a True Worshipper in Christ? Are you a true worshiper in Christ? Am I a true worshiper? In Christ now today's message is gonna be filled with a lot of information and I just want to encourage you uh, to really ask the Lord to open up your mind and your heart to receive this message because I believe that if we are able to fully comprehend and understand this message that we are more blessed than any uh, individual who will receive gold or treasure the riches of this world for those things are fleeting but to fully understand the truth of the gospel is a true blessing to have faith there is no greater reward there's nothing greater than a man and a woman who follows the the Lord with all their heart soul mind and strength so today's message the main scripture will be focused on Leviticus chapter 10 but before I go ahead and read from Leviticus chapter 10, let me quickly just give you a backdrop of two scriptures before we get to the foundation of Leviticus 10. So the first scripture that I want to share with you is found in John chapter 4, verse 23. And before we go into today's message and learn about Nadath and Avihu, Avihu We need to understand the type of people that the Lord seeks, the type of people that God looks for when he looks at humanity. Who is he pleased with? And here in John 4.23, it teaches us that these are the type of men and women that the Lord looks for. It says, yet a time is coming and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Amen. Let's continue on with our second backdrop scripture. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. And in this passage, it's a reminder for Christians What type of people you are? Who are you and who do you belong to? And Peter here, he reminds us of who we are and whose we are and whom we belong to. It says, but you are who? A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen and amen. Once we were not, we were lost, we were orphans out on the street. But now, after, through his mercy, through the mercy of God, through the grace of God, we are now, who? Who are we? We are the people of God. I am God's person. So with Leviticus 10, to understand the backdrop and the context of what's happening here, is that the Israelites... They're in the desert, roles are given, responsibilities are given to the people. And the responsibility of priesthood, the priestly line, it falls onto Aaron. Aaron, there are three characters, three main leaders. There's Aaron, and there's Miriam, and then there is Moses, who is the main person that God uses. And they're all siblings. Aaron being the oldest, Miriam second, and then Moses, the youngest brother. And we all know the story of Moses, how he gets put down the stream, found by the princess, becomes the prince of Egypt at the age of 40, runs away. And at the age of 80, the Lord, he finds him again at the burning bush. And we see that God uses Moses in a mighty manner. And from this story, within this family context, Aaron has two sons. And their name is Nadav and Avihu. So it says in the heading here in Leviticus chapter 10, the heading says, The death of Nadav and Avihu. So we understand right away, they are Aaron's sons. They are nephews to Moses. So they have a powerful family. Their uncle is Moses, their aunt is Miriam. Let's begin. Starting with verse 1. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense. And they offer unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke of when he said, Among those who approach me, I will be proved holy in the sight of all the people I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. Moses summoned Meshe and Elzaphan, son of Aaron's uncle Uzir, and said to them, Come here, carry your cousins outside the camp, away from the front of the sanctuary. So they came and carried them still in their tunics outside the camp as Moses ordered. Verse 6, Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Eliezer and Ithamar, Do not let your hair become unkempt, and do not tear your clothes, or you will die, and the Lord will be angry with the whole community. But your relatives, all the Israelites, may mourn for those the Lord has destroyed by fire. Do not leave the entrance to the tent of meeting, or you will die because the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So they did, as Moses said. Verse 8, Then the Lord said to Aaron, You and your sons are not to drink wine or other fermented drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting, or you will die. This is lasting ordinance for the generations to come, so that you can distinguish between what? The holy and the common. Between the unclean and the clean. So you can teach the Israelites all the decrees the Lord has given them through Moses. Amen and amen. Leviticus 10 10 here is a story of Nadav and Abihu of Aaron's sons. And it is a scary story. As you read this passage, we should be frightened. When we read this, we need to understand that no one, no one is above God's holiness. The truth is, yes, God loves you. But we need to understand that he is who he is. I am who I am. The Lord's name will always, and listen to me carefully, will always be exalted above everything above our lives, His holiness is greater than us as human beings. That God will not be disrespected in His holiness. And that, my friends, includes you and me when I say that God's name, His holiness, will be exalted above everything. We have so many Christians these days we have been too spoiled being taught at a young age since we're little kids, not the whole truth. And we've been baby with the gospel, with the true gospel. We hear things, God loves you so much, it's okay. You didn't mean to. You could vape during service, it's fine. His love is too big for you to send you to hell. We are dead wrong, my friends. Like I always say, it's a flip of a coin. It's the both side of the coin. Yes, on one side, God loves you. And you flip that coin. There's another truth, which is the wrath of God, the judgment of God, the discipline of God, the rebuking of God. And Leviticus 10 is a reminder to us. Yes, God loved these young men. right? He loved these men as much as he loves you. Yeah, God took them out instantly. His fire came and consumed them. No body was found except for their clothes. Instantly, quicker than it would take for you to make instant ramen noodle, right? Like instantly, they were just gone. So Nadav and Avihu, just who were they? Okay, so quickly, let me just go ahead and talk about them real fast. I mean, they were remarkable men, I guess. They're remarkable, why? Because they were lucky. They were lucky with a good last name, I guess. They came from a good family. Uh, These men were priests in training, so they're like interns. So to understand the scripture, God put the role of priesthood to Aaron's descendants. So Aaron and his whole family. So Aaron was the first high priest. So if you look years later, if you remember Caiaphas in the book of, in, in the gospel, we see it was the high priest who what? Put Jesus in jail, right? So that's the lineage of where it comes from. So he is the first high priest the older brother of Moses, so he was the father. So Aaron was the father. Moses, we know the story, the man that God used to rescue his people from the slavery of Egypt, a.k.a. the prince of Egypt, was their uncle. Miriam was their aunt, the older sister of Moses. So you can say they came from a pretty powerful family. And this is a warning to us, to those who grew up in the church. Just because you come from a family of faith Just because you have that last name does not guarantee the success of you having true faith, being a true worshiper before the Lord. In fact, you need to be extra careful because the Lord judges us according to us as individuals and he sees our faith for who we are, not from the family that you come from. It's an important reminder to us and we need to listen carefully just because we come from a family of faith does not give us immunity from God's wrath. Nothing on earth or on this universe will have immunity or will be safe from God's wrath and judgment. And we learn that quickly here in Leviticus chapter 10 with the story of Nadav and Abihu. So point number one, do not grow contempt in recognizing the true holiness of God. Do not grow contempt In recognizing the true holiness of God. Oh, how important it is for us to recognize the holiness, the true holiness of God. Too many Christians today have forgotten that our God is a holy God. We bring him down to our level. And we think that we can do whatever we want before his holy presence. And that we think that we can get away with it. We think that just because of his grace, because of the cross, because of Jesus Christ, we lower his holiness, and we think that just because grace is given, that gives us a way to sin and to intentionally sin and to know and to deceive ourselves that God fully accepts us, especially when we come from him with our sins. We come to him with arrogance. And we treat the Lord's presence, His holiness, with contempt. So today, do you, or even just a little bit, as you're listening to this message, do you understand just how holy our God is? Do you understand? I heard when I was young, around five or six, or maybe younger, I'm not sure, as to whenever I wore, like, white sneakers, apparently, Obviously, I'm not like this now, but I I didn't want to wear these sneakers until if it had, like, a little bit of dirt or blemishes, like, I wouldn't wear them. So, I mean, it's like, if I see my young stuff, like, right, what are you doing? Just wear it. But God cannot be near. He refuses for sin to be near his holy presence. When we fail to recognize the true holiness of God, we die. We die. There's no second chance. There's no if, maybe, you will die, just like these two brothers, Nadav and Abihu. So if you look at Exodus chapter 3 as reference, when first Moses is called, the heading says, Moses and the burning bush, we see quickly... And we understand that his holiness is not to be treated with contempt. It says in verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. And it all starts with the call and with our yeses. Do not come any closer, God said. Why? Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is what? Is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. When we're confronted with the fire, there are two types of fire, the fire of judgment and the fire that does not consume us, but it's the anointing of God that will not consume us. Here in this case, Nadav and Avihu, they are consumed, they're destroyed. But we see even the story of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the book of Daniel, that they're not, when they're thrown into the flame, into the furnace, they're not burned up. Moses here, as he approaches this burning bush, this burning bush is not burned up. Because God called him, and God asked Moses to draw near to him. And Moses understood with humility the holiness of God. When we understand and approach God with humility and understand the holiness of God, the fire will not consume by his mercy, of course. But at the same time, if that was me, I'd be afraid because if God were to consume me today, he is fair. Because if he sees sin, if he sees a heart that is not reverent towards him, and he decides to take me away. He is fully in his right to do so. And skipping forward to verse 11, but Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it, will be, it is who, it is I who have sent you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. So from generation to generation, forever, God will be a holy God, and that will never change. That cannot change, for God is not a liar. He is true to his name. He is true to his nature. He is true to who he is. And that God, he is a holy God. No blemishes. No evil. He is a holy God. Therefore, point number one, do not grow contempt in recognizing the true holiness of God. Do you recognize the holiness of God as Moses did? Verse 2, point number 2. Do not grow proud in recognizing the true glory of God. You know, God's name, God's holiness, God's glory, they're all at the same level. I mean, everything is important. And we need to understand the glory of God is so important for us to know and understand as Christians. So there's a passage here going further. So Exodus chapter 3, Moses is called. And then 33, fast forward, chapter 33. We see Moses now, he has rescued the people out of Egypt. And then this is where Moses, he's about to receive the Ten Commandments. And we see here in chapter 33, the heading says, Moses and the glory of the Lord. So let's understand what the glory of the Lord is. So starting with verse 12, quickly, if you could just turn there with me, Uh, please follow along. It says, Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people. So, so far, Moses understood the holiness of God, right? Now, he's going deeper, and he's about to see and confront the glory of God. So, you have been telling me, he's talking to God, lead these people. He's talking about the Israelites, the stubborn people that came out of Egypt. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And this is where Moses, he asked a daring request. Then Moses said, Now, And live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. So the glory of God is tied to the face of God. For us to say and ask God, without Jesus Christ in our lives, God, show me your glory. God, show me your holiness. God, show me your face. That's a scary thing to ask. Because if there's any blemish of sin in your life, you will what? Instantly die like Nadav and Avayu. So fast forward a few chapters here. Exodus, let's just go one chapter. Chapter 34, verse 29 to 35. So in the next chapter, The heading says, The Radiant Face of Moses. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, the Ten Commandments, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant, Then Moses would put the veil back over his face. Until he went in to speak with the Lord. And right away we see that Moses' face becomes radiant, bright, and people are afraid. And that was a result of Moses not seeing God face to face. What did God do? God had to put him on a cliff. And he says, I will pass by but you cannot see my face. God will put his hand over him, but you could get a glimpse, and you will see my back. But make sure you don't see my face, because I am a holy God, and my glory is powerful, and will consume you if you're not careful. True worshipers. True worshipers are the people that the Father seeks. Are you a chosen individual, royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession? Are you a person of God? Because if you are a person of God, you will approach God with reverence and with humility. And you'll be very careful asking God to see him face to face. And this is where Jesus comes in and why it's so important for us to know Jesus. A lot of Christians take this for granted. You know, Jesus is the bridge, right? Just like what we share in the nursing home. I always joke with them, it's the Tappan Zee Bridge and the Cuomo Bridge, and they seem to have fun with that analogy. And he is the bridge that leads us to God. He is a bridge that made us a way for us to pray to God and to see him face to face. Imagine the disciples when they are first called and they see the incarnate Jesus, the fully man, fully God, this individual. How blessed they were. To be able to see Jesus face to face. Because His holiness is so pure and so holy and so perfect without any blemish that we could not enter His presence without dying in the Old Testament. There was no way for us to draw near to this holy God. That's why Jesus is the bridge. The cross is the bridge. That's why now we are able to pray. You know, I do this with the benediction prayer, right? Found, I take it from the reference found in Numbers chapter 6, where I say, it says here, the prayer says, The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. I say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. And I say this, the Lord what? Make his face shine upon You shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you what? Not death, but peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will not curse them, destroy them, but I will what? Bless them. And Jesus is the access for us to this holy place. When I say the holy place, I'm talking about the presence of God. Whenever we come to the presence of God, whenever we pray to God, whenever we read the word of God, when we're doing our studies and we're spending time in the presence of God, we need to remember the tabernacle. We need to understand the tent of meeting. What was the tabernacle? What was the tent of meeting? That was when they were in the desert and it was a mobile temple that the Lord asked them to create to represent the holiness of God. So all the tribe would be around and at the center of it would be the tabernacle, would be the temple where they would offer sacrifices to God, which represented the ark of God, represented the presence of God. So putting that as an analogy, as an example, Jesus is the bridge for us to access this holy place. And within the holy place, there is the most holy place, which is the holy of holies. So to have an understanding, it's hard to understand if, you know, we haven't read the Old Testament, but let me just give you uh, let me p- help you picture it in your mind. So, the tabernacle is divided into three sections, okay? Three. There is the outer court, right? Where it's surrounded by the fence. And then there is the holy place right in the middle. And then within the holy place, there is the holy of holies, which is called the most holy place. So it could be called the most holy place or the holy of holies. So when you enter, there are three things that you will find. Inside the tent will be a golden lampstand, and it needs to be kept burning consistently. It should never go out. There's a table of showbread, which is known as the bread of presence, and it was baked fresh every week. The altar of incense was burning throughout, so it would create the smoke effect. So on the Day of Atonement, a Day of Atonement is one day out of the year where the high priest, again, who was the high priest in Exodus? It was Aaron. So the high priest, one day of the year, will come inside the Holy of Holies. So Holy of Holies, the most holy place, no one can just go in. Only the high priest could go in once a year why was that the case because it was to represent that you cannot just approach God casually yo what's up God high five to show to create the distance to show that I am set apart that I am holy and why the smoke the smoke was there that as the high priest was sprinkle the blood the blood was to atone the sins for the sins of the Israelites is to cover the face of the high priest to shield and to cover the face, to protect them from the presence of God because the presence of God and the glory of God was powerful to sacrifice for the sins of the Israelites. So anyone who enter this place casually, like Nadav and Avihu, you would die instantly. And you would say, oh, that's not fair. They were just trying to help. Like Uzzah, he was just trying to help. Make sure it doesn't fall. The ark of God won't fall from the oxen. But we need to understand that God takes his holiness and his glory very seriously. And if you do not take the holiness of God and the glory of God seriously, you will die instantly. Why? Because He is holy. And what does holy means? To be set apart. For the Lord is holy. That's why John six, John eight is so crucial to tie it in with the tabernacle with the Old Testament. Because in John 6, specifically here, verse 35, Jesus, the incarnate Jesus, fully man, fully God, Jesus comes and he says, then Jesus declared, I am what? The bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is where he does the miracle, the feeding of the thousands. People are following him. They love him. Jesus is a rock star. And then Jesus goes on and speaks about, eat my flesh, drink my blood. What does that remind you of? It reminds you of the bread inside the tabernacle, the table of showbread, the bread of presence, which was baked fresh every week. The sprinkling of the blood. Jesus on the cross once and for all so that we don't have to go and we don't need a high priest or the Pope. We don't need a mediator because Jesus is our mediator. I am the bread of life. So when you have Jesus, you have access to God. You are able to speak with the Lord. Face to face without death. We need to understand the holiness of God. John 8, verse 12 says that when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That really sounds like the golden lampstand, the light that was supposed to be kept burning to provide light in that dark tent constantly and cannot die for the light of God will never die. Jesus is representing that he is God. Like the blood, if we know the story of Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, when they're in Egypt. God commands Moses to put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. And then the blood, it says in verse 13, the blood will be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague, meaning death. No death will touch you when I strike Egypt. And those who are too stubborn, who are too prideful to believe, those who did not have the blood of the lamb, And who is the blood of the lamb? Jesus. He is the lion and the lamb. He is the ultimate sacrifice, the blood. The spirit of death will pass over. That's why Jesus is our Passover. He is my God. He is my savior. The blood, the lion, and the lamb. Exodus chapter 12, verse 23. A few verses later, then the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians. He will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer, meaning the destroyer, the spirit of death, to enter your house and strike you down. That's why the writer in Hebrews 11.28 says, By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn will not touch the firstborn of Israel. Do you understand the connection here? Do you understand that when we have communion, when we have the bread and the drink, I reference 1 Corinthians 11. This is not on the screen, but just for your reference, I warn the people that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So many people come. They don't examine what they're doing. That's why if you're not a believer, if you're not baptized, I say just skip it. Because what you're actually doing is you're bringing judgment upon yourself. And we need to take the presence and the holiness of God very seriously. So with the point, point number two, Do not grow proud in recognizing the true glory of God. You know, how important it is. Oh, how important it is to recognize the true glory of God. So next time we do benediction, and when we do and have to partake in communion, may we understand You know, fully of what this means, what we are doing, what we are partaking. What the prayer means when we hear the words, the Lord make his face shine upon you, on you, and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace, not death. Praise God. Amen and amen. And only Jesus can come and have done this. He could have done this. Only Jesus could come and have made a way for us. For he is our bridge to God without instant death. Are you with me so far? I know it's a lot of information. But we need to understand the connection. It's time for us to mature and understand the gospel. So we see the connection of the tabernacle to Jesus. Jesus being the bridge. Now we are what? Just like what we went over in First Peter 2. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You don't need the high priest anymore. For Jesus, it says, is the high priest. He is the one that goes and sprinkles the blood. And it's not just once a year, but he does it for us. Well, he the cross was once and for all, right? That's it. It cannot be repeated. But we are able to turn to the Lord over and over again, every day, every week, when we repent to him. We are offered and we are given his grace, his mercy. And we understand that's why it says you are a royal priesthood, chosen people, holy nation, God's special possession. That's why you need to declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have now received mercy but now you have received mercy. Amen and amen. Point number three and point number four, uh, almost done. Quickly, let's go to point number three. Do not grow senseless in recognizing the terrifying wrath of God. I spoke about this many times in my previous messages, Uh, but just quickly, let's all make sure that we understand that there is the love of God. but On the flip side of that, there is the wrath of God. And we cannot grow senseless. We need to recognize that the wrath of God is very terrifying. Uh, How important it is for us to recognize the wrath of God. So point letter A, B, C, quickly. Always have clear sight uh, before God's glory. Amen? Uh, You need to know what you're doing. Uh, Always know And have a clear sight before God's glory. When I talk about God's glory, I'm talking about Exodus chapter 33. Let us remember the passage. When Moses, he sees a glimpse of God's back, which means the glory of God, the heaviness of God. Be always appalled, utmost reverence before God's presence. Amen. Just like they did with the tabernacle. Uh, with the high priest, again, the smoke would cover his face. It was for his protection uh, because if he sees god 's presence, uh, he'd be dead instantly. Uh, Nadav and Ab- Abihu, they didn't understand. they didn't uphold and have utmost reverence uh, before God's presence. Uh, so when we come to church, may we approach God you know when we're up here singing praises or worshiping him and hearing the word we need to have utmost reverence before the presence of God not just at church but in our day-to-day life and see always remain fully consecrated before God's holiness always remain fully consecrated before God's holiness so on the Day of Atonement, the Israelites would prepare themselves, right? They would not just casually just go and give it on that day of. Uh, they would prepare themselves. They would wash themselves. They had to get ready. They had to be fully consecrated before God's presence. So when we come to church, let us come fully consecrated before God's holiness. Amen? And lastly, point number four, do not grow arrogant in recognizing The frightening judgment of God. The frightening judgment of God. It's very important for us to recognize how frightening the judgment of God is. But for those who are saved, for those who have the blood sprinkled in them, who have faith and trust in Jesus, uh, then we are good. Uh, But at the same time, We need to uh, make sure we stay humble. Uh, We never grow arrogant in recognizing the frightening judgment of God. Because we are sinners, right? And we sin every day. So here are some series of questions that I want to ask you to help us to really reflect in our heart uh, if we are a true worshiper. And if you're a true disciple of Jesus, so letter A, are you a true worshiper in Jesus Christ? B, are you a true repenter before Jesus Christ? And lastly, letter C, are you a true disciple of Jesus Christ? If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are a repenter each and every single day. If you're a disciple, you are a worshiper. If you are a worshiper of God, you are a repenter. If you are a worshiper of God, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if your, if your answers, if all your answers are yes to these three simple questions, then I guess we can say we are all set to go, but never stop growing for No man, no woman can claim to know all the wisdom of God. Every book is limited. Every individual is limited. Nobody fully knows the whole truth of God, but everything is here in the scripture for us to know the characteristic and who God is. So I want to encourage you today that you will continue to follow Jesus Christ every day, in every way, uh, not as a fan, right? there are too many fans or casual churchgoer, but as a true follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, we are, you may think, oh, it's a blessing, but you're actually, <laughs> now you need to own up. Now that you know, uh, now we are responsible. So we cannot just ignore uh, this truth we need to understand and now that we understand we need to live put it into action and live as true disciples as a true follower of Jesus Christ I'm going to invite the priest team to please come up and for closing song like to do two songs. Uh, we're gonna sing True Worshipper first, because Arlene was asking, please let me redeem myself from last week. Uh, no, but it ties in with the message of being a true worshipper for the Lord. And after singing it once straight through, uh, let's lead it to Beautiful Lord, the new song that we learned today. And what I would like is for us to just worship and I want to give you an opportunity in your seat uh, to pray and take this time to repent take this time to really reflect your heart and your relationship with the Lord and let's see how the Lord will lead and let's just worship him in spirit and in truth amen, amen. All right, let's sing together let's pray together let's worship together
0: all who gather all who gather in this place have come to offer you their praise. You are so. say fall we offer Why, so what we have things, I what we have, we have to and us for you Father give us everything we have for <laughs> our disobedience for the sins there só tenho
1: you uh, if you're ready if you could stand to your feet and as we sing the next song beautiful Lord may we worship Him in spirit and in truth may we worship Him with the praise song that the Holy Spirit has put within us and may we declare that we'll praise Him forever the Lord forever how amazing and declare how beautiful and the indescribable love of our God let's sing together and worship together <laughs>
0: Oh, how beautiful the indescribable love of my Lord! Oh, great and mighty is the love of my Lord. I will pray.
1: How amazing, how beautiful, and how holy are you, Lord. Among those who approach me, I will be proved holy. In the sight of all the people, I will be honored. Aaron, remains silent. Lord, even though at times it may seem fair or not fair, may we remain silent and humble before you, O Lord. May we look to you with faithfulness and with gratitude and with humility and understanding. How holy you are, and how powerful you are, and how amazing the glory of the Lord is. May our face be radiant as you draw near, close to the presence of God. Not out of arrogance, but simply because our face was once downcast, because we were of the world, now we have been shone with the light, the light of Christ. May that light continue to burn in our hearts. May the word of God be the lamp unto my feet in the path that we walk, especially in this new week, O Lord. Watch over us, guide us, and protect us, for we have the greatest avenger, the greatest mediator, our Messiah, the King, Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ, the bridge to our holy God. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for us, for giving us hope and a life and a future, not just our past, our present, but for the future as well. For all of eternity, we surrender all to you. Forgive us of our sins. We look to you with humility. We thank you. We love you. We pray to you, Jesus. pray all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ and me, pray, and God's people, pray. Amen. 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 Let's close our service with the path of life in Jesus. Let's worship together. the
0: path of life the path of life in jesus is the only path i know i will run to him with my broken heart there's power in them. He's my righteousness. His name. He's the way. The truth.
1: seat let me go back to our seat and let's pray for uh, the benediction and I pray that the benediction the reference of number six will have a whole new meaning understanding for you of the today's message let's pray together may the Lord bless you and may the Lord Shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will. May He continue to work within us what is pleasing in His sight through His one and only Son, Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen amen. And amen. amen. God bless you. I love you. I will see you in the back.